Thank you. <clears throat> it is so great to be back. We, uh, I'm going to talk from down here for just a minute. I'll go up there in a little bit. But yeah, we, we had a wonderful time away. This was the most vacation, vacation traveling that we did. We had about 12, 14 days where we really just were with Lee's family and did nothing. You know, I slept a lot. I didn't realize how tired I was until I started sleeping for like 10 hours a day. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was great. We had a wonderful time. Unfortunately, on the 23rd, one of the cousins, there was 18 of us all in the same house, and one of the cousins got sick, and so it spread through the cousins. It hit Seth just the day before we left. And so Lee sends her love, but she is in bed, and Joel is taking care of Lee and Seth at home. So they will be with us next week, but we all had a wonderful time. And I was saying to people this morning, it was so wonderful being away and knowing that actually I, I, I wasn't worried at all about what was going on here. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't an indifference. It was an absolute confidence in the team here and the people here that we could leave and know that everything would go, go wonderfully. And from all the reports I've had back, it sounds like everything you guys had a wonderful Christmas together and a wonderful time. So while we miss being here, and it is great to be back, I'm so glad that everything went well. Couple of, a couple of things for this morning. One, just on the, uh, the, the giving. And I'm not, this isn't a plug for giving, it's an explanation, because I know a lot of people here are new to Canada. And I want to explain a little bit of how our tax system works in terms of giving, because it's kind of a unique thing we have here in Canada, where when you donate money to a charity, and LifeHouse is a registered charity with the government, that that donation is tax deductible. And here's what that means. The first $200 that you give in all of, let use 2019. So in all of 2019, the first $200 you give is credited back at 15 percent you know of a of a tax credit for you but anything over 200 dollars is credited back at 29 percent now a lot of us would be in a 20 percent tax bracket or 20.5 percent and so the it means you actually save a whole lot on your taxes so if you gave a thousand dollars you know 29 or 200, you'd have a tax credit of $290. That means $290 in taxes that you paid, you'd get back. So it actually is an amazing benefit that Canada gives. And the reason that they do it is they want to encourage people to give to charities. And so it, it's done differently in different countries. But the reason I'm talking to you about this now is because it is the 29th of December. And for it to be credited on your taxes for 2019, you've got to give before midnight on or before 11:59 on December 31st. So you can use the online giving anytime before the 31st, but just so you get the maximum credit, I'm sharing that with you uh, so that you can make if you're like, oh, "Okay, I'll give on the 1st or 2nd." That's uh, you know, for what for December make it make it in December, it'll count towards your 2019 taxes. So that's the little explanation of our tax system. As basic as that is, you can go online and get a more detailed explanation. The other thing is, is that, you know, this is the, not only the last service of 2019, it's the last of a decade. And, you know, we're about to go into a brand new decade. And, you know, I mean, it's just, they're just numbers, they're just years. We don't want to overly emphasize that, but it all, often gets us thinking about different things. I'm going to talk a little bit about it this, mo this morning when I preach, but I wanted to open up. I know Graham I talked to and a couple others I talked to about sharing. And 
I just want to hear from you, like what, you know, things maybe that we're thankful for that God's done in the last decade and things we're sensing for the next one. So I want to give a little bit of time to that. I'm going to give in total, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to have a long preach, so we'll give 10, 15 minutes for that this morning. So Graham, if, if you want to come up and, and start us off, wherever you are, and... Thanks, James. Yeah, so yeah, I was talking to God last night about this morning, and and the one of the words that came up was revelation. And I put it out to Justin last night, just over over a messaging system, and uh, he came back to me with another thought about revelation versus resolution. Because I know a lot of people, even here, or people you may know, are talking about resolutions for New Year's. And I don't know if anyone's ever looked into this, but uh, based on Webster's Dictionary, a resolution, according to Webster, is a firm decision to do or not to do something. Okay, that's a resolution. A firm decision to do or not to do something. On the other hand, a revelation uh, is the making known of something that was previously unknown. And my prayer uh, for this year and for our community and for each one here is that we ask first, before we ask for a resolution, we ask God for a revelation of something new, something we haven't known yet that he has in store for us this new year. And then God gave me a verse uh, to coincide with that. So, and of course it's found in, in Ephesians 1 and it's, I want to start in verse, uh, in verse 16. And it's essentially Paul talking to the, to the Ephesians and he's saying, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep uh, asking God to... I keep, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. And that's, I think part of the heart I believe we have for as a community that we may find a new hope and believe each of us believe in our hearts in a new way this revelation that he wants to reveal to each one of us so that we step into this new year with that revelation so that we are not making resolutions right based on the worldly perspective of how typical people will go about and try to understand a new resolution they want and take on but we first ask, Father, Lord, what, what is the revelation you want to reveal to me this week, stepping into this new year, this new decade of what you have for us? And I believe from that place, we will find a new hope and a new sense of belief in what he has in store for us and not step into this new year, um, you know, trying to figure out what to do next. Because there's a lot with the new year comes new decisions and, and new things that we need to consider and new places we may need to go or or or, or challenges we we know are coming down the down, coming coming up, approaching us this new year instead of approaching all that with resolutions or with different ways of thinking about it why don't we go to our father first father what is a new revelation give me a new revelation of of your will for my life this year and as you reveal that to me help me believe a new and give me a new hope that that's possible for me this year so that's that's something on my heart for this uh, for our community this year that's awesome Anybody else have anything that just that God's been putting on your heart for for our community? 
I just want to thank God for saying decade. It's like long, long years. And I even can't go back uh, a year back to see God's goodness in our life. In this decade, God has, had given us a promise to come to Canada and we landed here. And uh, we've just seen his, his faithfulness all through these years coming here. And many of us are new in this church. Many of us have our hopes and dreams. We are believing in those promises which God has released over us, and we are walking through those. There are people in this house who are venturing into new businesses, um, new jobs, waiting for jobs to come through, our health issues. We are waiting upon God for those things. And believe me when I say this, that God, his, all his word, his word, his promises are true and eternal, and they will come to pass. Uh, personally, this year uh, was a little difficult for us in this country for, uh, for certain reasons, but God always came through for us. He raised up people around us, the saints in this room, our life group, our pastors, uh, our friends, who just rallied us through this time. And uh, the battle was fun. It was sweet with Jesus on our side, but the victory was sweeter. And I believe in that victory. I know that every step that we take, uh, when we surrender to God, when we sing that song, uh, God has opened heaven wide for us. Let's open our hearts wide for him in this year, in, uh, in 2020, for all the things that he has for us to come true for us. I uh, sense that uh, personally, we are going to be uh, warriors, conquerors in 2020, uh, fighting with God on our side for things, for challenges that he will overcome, more than victorious in everything that we do. But corporately, I believe that God is raising marketplace Christians in Lifehouse. People who are not shy of speaking up against injustice, who will stand up for truth, who will bring light, who will be like Moses when they walk through the, the, the waters will part away and they will reveal God's light in their workplaces. In wherever they, they work, whatever they do, they bring light and hope in those places. They, uh, God is raising Josephs. Uh, God is uh, raising wealth makers, not just Mark Pinto here, but all of us becoming wealth makers for Christ. And when we become wealth makers, and what James was talking about, tithing, but Adam was talking about tithing, our taxes, those small little savings, those giving back are all the ways and so much more to create wealth for Christ. God is raising peacemakers. People uh, in this room are going to go out onto streets, into uh, homes, um, making peace, uh, healing relationships, healing brokenhearted. And I believe that Lifehouse is moving to new levels of revelation, as Graham was saying, and power of God in 2020. Amen. Those were awesome. Um, when I was driving back, to, I mean, driving to the church, there was two verses which came. One is, um, he who is faithful, who has started um, a new thing in our life, is able to finish what he has done in Jesus Christ. So the scripture I just wanted to read accurately. But that is such an encouragement that we, we always start something, and in between, if we have challenges, we kind of you know, stop and move that. But I want to bring an encouragement, and I sense that's for me too. That if we have something which is holding us back, that we push through because Christ is able to see us through that. So it's not an incomplete thing. If you have something, you want to put a resume there, something, I want you to be encouraged that go through that. And God is calling you to push through that challenge. If you have um, uh, somewhere you need to go and say forgiveness to someone, please do that. 
and I sense that that is what, uh, it's, it's an action-oriented uh, view which I sense for the year, that Christ in our side, we are going to make through those challenges. But he is able, what he started, will be faithful to finish that. Not, not each one of us and us, but Christ in us, the hope of glory. So that's an encouragement to you. Thanks. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, anyone else? me a hard time to come here and do this but I okay. I mean I had a hard time coming here to give my testimony but I made a promise to God and I told him if you do one last thing for me I'll come out and give all the testimonies you've done for me throughout the year so um, my first testimony was um, I think a couple of months back I had a, I had a dream like three different times that um Am robbers had came to my um, parents' house back in Nigeria, and they came and stole some stuffs and left. And you know, after I had the dream, I told my parents about it, and we prayed about it. And then a month after, um, some arm robbers broke into. They came to our house, but they weren't successful. They couldn't get into the the house. They tried to break in, but they weren't successful. And I just want to thank thank God because it's God that protected them. You know, because um, in that same ha my house, the neighborhood, a lot of armorers usually break into our neighbor's house and they are successful. But you know, my, our house was the only house that they weren't successful and I just thank God for his protection and also for revealing, you know, what the enemy wanted to do to us and, and making us pray about it. And then um, my second testimony is um, about my husband. He, he had been, um, he used to smoke weed for almost 10 years and his was really serious because he would smoke like four to five times a day and I'd been praying to God about it that, you know, God will make him stop smoking because he couldn't stop. So as I kept on praying, you know, he just woke up one day and said, I don't want to smoke anymore. And I asked him, I was like, why don't you want to smoke? What's wrong? He's like, I don't know. I just don't want to smoke anymore. And now it's been five months, and I just want to say thank you to God because God answered my prayers as well. And then, um, and then I also want to thank God. The last, um, the last thing He did for me this year was my PR. I'd been praying to God to um, get my PR approved. I also spoke to um, some people in church that prayed with me from my life house group and some um, people in church as well. And I just want to say thank you because my prayer application got approved like a few weeks ago. So I thank God for that as well. And then, uh, yeah, and I just want to thank God for his faithfulness. He's been opening doors for me and things have been getting better for me and I'm just grateful. So I just thought I'd share my testimony with you. Thank you. Anyone else? So the, the word I had uh, is, in, in, is in Colossians 3 verse 17 where it says and whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Being a representative of Jesus Christ is not a small thing. Yeah, have you um, have has anyone uh, issued a a, a a power of attorney? 
like you know somebody else representing you in in maybe in in a in a government office or in a bank it's it's not a easy thing you know you need to go through a lot of process and i feel that next year we will all be uh, representing jesus you know and and this verse actually puts it really well it says in whatever in whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father and and in order to become a representative i believe there are two things that we need to do one is uh, since 2020 is a, is like a base year right i mean it's a base year for a decade it's a starting year for a decade and i believe that this is in 2020 is the year where we where we build our foundations our make up foundations strong in that those foundations to make our foundations strong we need to prioritize and in order to prioritize we need to prioritize in every area of our life beat finances right we need to prioritize our finances in such a way that that we put god first right and 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 it would involve make creating budgets for ourselves you know personal budgets now governments if you look at the government the government creates budgets for us right they, they at the beginning of the year they say how much we will spend in which area of of the country whereas for our own personal lives we may have to create budgets for ourselves where we decide how we spend our money every month in which area what are the areas of growth that we see in our life what are the areas of commitment that i have in my life you may have to prioritize your time because you may have to look at uh, at, at putting uh, your your uh, your prayer life ahead of everything else you may have to start not you know uh, looking at some important things in your life so if you look at the time you know sometimes uh, you prioritize uh, you know you prioritize things which are which are like firefighting which come at the very last minute and you know you're not planned for it you know it it, it totally uh, throws your schedule out of out of uh, out of uh, schedule basically right so 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 you may have to prioritize your time so so just uh, i i sense that to become a representative of christ we will have to prioritize our life next year and that would require every area of our life be it our finances be it our time be it uh, the areas where we want to learn uh, you know areas of service in the church we don't want to have people serving everywhere right a person serving everywhere but you may have to go back to god the way mohit uh, shobhana was talking about like we go back to god and ask god god what are the areas where i want uh, you want me to serve this year and 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 put that as a priority in your in your calendar and say okay if if he wants me to serve in the worship team then i'll prioritize practicing music and preparing myself for worship if god wants you to prioritize in maybe say kids ministry start prioritizing that in your life so so the so 2020 will be in in summary 2020 is a year where we will start building ourselves to represent christ and i think that's 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 the word i had for 2020 thank you i love hearing these words and how they they fit together <clears throat> So I was, I was talking with God this morning and just asking him, again, about this, this change of decade. And one of the things that he highlighted for me is like, you know, in, in the last decade, you know, in the December of 2009, this was a tiny church of maybe 30 people. Maybe 30 people. And of that tiny church of 30 people, there is Graham and Crystal and their family and, and James and Lee and our family that is still here. And this, this, this church has gone through these radical transformations over the last year. 
But I was talking, you know, God was just pointing out to me that in this last decade of like the, you know, 2010 through 2019, there was a, a huge push within Christian community in North America, at least, if not beyond that, where people were really pushing after gifts. Some of that was, you know, gifts of the spirit in terms of healing and the prophetic. It could have, it was also musical gifts, leadership gifts. It was very much about gifts. And I have this strong sense that I've been picking up from many different people and, and different words that I've listened to that this next decade, there's this adjustment that God's making and going, it's not just about gifts. It's actually, you know, the scripture that God brought to mind was when the disciples go out, right? They go out and they, Jesus sends out the 12 and they go out and they see, you know, people are being healed, the dead are being raised, demons are listening to them and they come back to Jesus and like, oh, all these amazing things happened. And Jesus is like, that's wonderful, but don't rejoice in those things. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. You know, that we have this relationship with Jesus. Now, the gifts are, are important, and there was a restoration that's been happening of them, and there was an awakening that was happening in the church of the need for them because they have a place and a purpose, and they've been given to us by God. And in some cases, like a church without power, is there's something missing. And so there's this importance of the Holy Spirit. But in many cases, the gifts were elevated at the expense of character and the expense of the refinement of the heart of men and women, and the transformation of people. And so we've watched at the end of the decade, people that were prominent people in the decade, and I'm not, I don't need to give names, but people that had international ministries that were well-respected ministries that are not in ministry anymore because they didn't, their character wasn't addressed. And the enemy's wonderful. He lets things grow, 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 grow into a point where now we'll take it out because it's going to have a big impact when we take it out. And God going, character, the taking care of your soul, the growing of that is as important as the gifts. And when you look at the qualifications in ministry for leaders, it isn't about gifts. It's actually about character. And so, there's this wonderful thing, though, that Jesus says, and it's in Matthew 11. I'm going to read verse 29 to 30. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the incredible thing about what Jesus has done for us. See, in the world system, if we start talking about our character, it becomes, a, oh my goodness, this is, how am I going to do this? I've got to do this in my own strength. But what Jesus did in washing us clean by his blood and sending his whole, the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and our counselor is he's provided everything we need for character transformation. His yoke truly is easy, and his burden truly is light. And God is the one that's building his church. The church belongs to Jesus. He's the one building his church, and the Holy Spirit is building us. 
if we'll partner in that process. That process, you know, when I look back at 2009, we were a group of gung-ho people, incredibly gifted people, like the prophets amongst us, the leaders amongst us. There were, there were this group of young, inexperienced, and at times arrogant people that were going to change the world. A vast majority of those original people are no longer in church today. No longer serving God. Some have, some have embraced sin, full lifestyles, liberal theologies. And for all, all the gifting, all the passion, all the willingness, when the hard things came and when character counted... People got took out, taken out. And God's taken this church. He's taken me. I count myself as one of them. I just didn't get taken out. And I, I you know, where in 2009, we were going to change the world. God spent a decade refining the character of those willing so that we actually could. And there's this incredible thing that he's doing and he's going to continue to do because he's been doing this in many people and he's going to continue in us. And I believe we're going to see an acceleration because this journey for myself has been one of learning, you know, kicking and screaming, learning to let go and let God. Let God build his church, you know, and focus on the right things. And we're going to, I believe we're going to see in this decade, exponential growth. The, the things that God has promised for this community will come about. We're going to see people released to change the world. We're going to see churches planted. We're going to see people being sent out. We're going to see many people coming in, many people saved. There was a prophetic word given to us in when we were in Ottawa back at the end of October, beginning of December, that we need to start filling our baptism pool every Sunday. And I believe we're going to see that, that literally every Sunday we're going to have people being baptized and being saved. That's one of the things, not by our own strength and not by our own effort, because that's what God is doing through us as we learn to surrender to him and let him build his church. The word that Ashish just shared this morning about budgeting in terms of finances, as he was saying that, I just felt God saying it's not just going to be finances, and, and he addressed it as well as, as other priorities. But it really is, we're going to, part of it is going to be budgeting our time, because we need to have time for our souls. It's not about how much effort and how hard we work. You know, in this last decade, and even right now, I mean, you go on Facebook, you go on social media, it's like, here, here's how to slay your week and how to get up at this time and, and, you know, maximize your time and put in as many hours and as much effort and all these kinds of things, and this is how you're going to change things in a worldly way. I believe that God's going to show us how we change things His way, which doesn't mean we don't work hard. But it means that we have the time for our families, that we have the time to take care of our souls and our spirit, that we have the time to grow as, so that we have the depth to be able to, to, in the long term, do what God wants to do in and through our lives, each and every one of us. So don't despise the process. There's a process that God's bringing us in. He's maybe been, already been bringing you through but we're going to learn to embrace and enjoy every moment of every day. You know, understanding the big picture of what God's building and, and learning to live in it. 
I believe there's going to be, it was the words on finances, there's going to be amazing businesses released through this place. We've already got some incredible business people in this place. There's, and God's just going to be growing that and releasing opportunities. Why? Because, you know, the reality of, of being in the world and not of the world is it requires finances. And it requires that we, we have what we need, the resources to be able to individually and collectively to achieve what it is that God wants to achieve in and through our lives. But the amazing thing that we need to constantly remember is these words of Jesus, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And when we come to him, we'll find rest for our souls. What we do is got to come from a place of peace, a place of love. Galatians 5, I believe verse 22, 23, the fruits of the spirit have got to be what we live from and live in, and which is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those need to be the marks of our life in this next decade, the place that we live from. For me, they have become the test of whether I am in a good place with God or not, or whether I am walking in the spirit or not. If I'm not walking in those things, I know that something's wrong. That doesn't mean I, I, everything is easy and simple. It means that in the midst of the storm and the trouble, those are the things that I feel. When Jesus quoted about our yoke being easy and our burden and light, he was quoting from, when he said that, he was actually quoting from the prophet Jeremiah, verse 16. It says here in Jeremiah 6, 16, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look at, for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Then it's right after that, it says, but you said, we will not walk in it. And when Jeremiah was saying that, he was giving a prophetic message to the people of Judah because they were about to be captured by the Babylonians. The Bab God was raising up the Babylonian army. They were going to be brought into captivity. And he's saying, God was saying to his people, this is what I want for you. You know, stand at the crossroads, look at the, at the ancient past, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest for your souls. But God knew they wouldn't respond. He knew their hearts were already hard. They weren't interested in walking in God's ways. I say it for us, that we will find rest for our souls, not by doing things the world's way, but by doing things God's way. And I want to caution you. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the Christian world out there that is still being done in the world's way. And so we need to find God's way of doing things. We've got to find God's paths. And we find that as we do it, his ways. And Jesus taught us. He told us how to do it God's way. But before I go to Jesus' words, I want to look at Psalm 119, verse 162 to 168. In this, the psalmist, he writes, In your promise, like one who finds great spoils. I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Then I've highlighted, this is my highlighting in verse 165, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. 166, I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes for 
all my ways are known to you. God knows our hearts. He knows where we're really at. We have our evaluation, you know, and we can listen to people that'll be like, oh yeah, things about us, but God knows where we really are. And the wonderful thing is, even though God knows where we really are, he still sent his son to save us, and his blood, the blood of Jesus washes us clean, and he knows where he are, we are, but he knows where he wants to take us. He knows where he wants to take us. He knows the plans and purposes he's got over your life. And he's like, hey, seek my ways. The world has all kinds of different things. There's all kinds of different uh, good ideas. There's all kinds of different ways. But seek my ways. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you'll find rest for your soul when you do it my way. His way is the opposite often of the way the world would say. The advice that the world would give is very different than what God would give. But if we'll go to him and allow him to teach us and allow him to bring us into this place of peace, and this next decade is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Jesus' words when challenged about what the greatest commandment is, because we just read about this thing about following God's commandments. The greatest commandment, love your God. With all, in verse Matthew 22, 37 to 40, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. You know that thing, love your heart with all your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In this next year, throughout it, I'm going to chat a bit about this, learn a bit about this. Because this is where character, character comes from within, from our heart. It's, it's the motives of why we do what we do. It's us training ourselves to live a particular way. And this is a process that's spiritual and one we partner with. To teach ourselves. You don't think about walking. You get up and you want to walk and you move and you walk because you have trained your body to do that. You don't think about breathing. Right? You may think about what you eat, but you don't think about how to digest it. And, and like those things, character brings about our automatic responses. It's how we are in all situations. It's what we do, what drives us. And it's when we can love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. It's because we have done what Ashish talked about a bit this morning in terms of money and service. But we've done that with our souls. We've gone, I've got a budget time for my soul. I've got a budget time for my mind. I've got a budget time for my heart. I've got to ensure that I am I'm allowing God into those areas of my life so that they grow and that my heart learns to respond automatically in a place of peace and my mind learns to respond automatically in a place of peace and my soul learns to automatically respond in a place of peace and a place of love and a place that where that honors god 
1 John 5, 1-5 is where I'll conclude. It says that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. And that is all your brothers and sisters of Christ here, but also all, all those who love Jesus everywhere in the world. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. Okay, listen to that. His commands are not burdensome. Isn't that awesome? They're not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Isn't that an amazing promise? That if you're born of God, you, you will overcome the world. This is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that's overcome the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This refining of our character, this easy yoke, it comes from believing that Jesus has overcome the world. He's already won. He's already won. His blood has already washed us clean. So we don't have to operate. When we find things in our heart that don't line up with the way that we, you know, and we all have things in our heart that don't line up. So when we're honest with ourselves about the things in our heart and in our mind, in our soul that don't line up, we don't have to now take out a whip and start failing ourselves. And we don't beat ourselves and we don't operate from guilt and shame. We operate from a place of transformation. We also, we don't go, oh, that's okay. That's, you know, the that I'm going to live like that, we go, ah, oh, Jesus, your blood paid for that too. Jesus, you knew that was in me before I knew that was in me, and you weren't surprised by it. You're not disappointed in me. You want to change that area of my heart. How do I surrender to you so you can change me? You can change me. And he's the one that does it. Our part is the surrender part. The inviting him in part. The this doesn't belong in my life part. And Jesus, I'm going to pursue you and bring you into that area of my life until it changes because it has no place there. Big difference than I got to find out, I got to, you know, in my own strength and own effort change. There's this giant lie that I believe that's crept into the church over many decades and I believe God's going to deal a death bell to if we'll allow him in this next decade. And that is the lie that you are what you feel. As soon as we determine our decisions, our futures, anything, our character by our feelings, we're lost. Our feelings cannot drive us. They never were meant to do that. They're meant to be warning signs to us, to help provide information to us. But our minds and our, our soul, our spirit, our renewed spirit, is what determines who we are.
who God says we are. What Jesus has done for us is what determines us, not our feelings. When we're driven by our feelings, we are driven by our flesh. By our flesh. Do we have feelings? Yes. Are they part of it? Yes. They can be warning bells that we're operating in a fleshly way, or they can be the things that confirm that we're actually in step with the Spirit. They help us deal with things like loss, and they help us live in a place of joy. Feelings are not bad things, but they do not determine our character, and they do not define us. So as we go into this next decade and we allow God to change us and to, to bring us in power, the grace of God, the power of God is incredible. And that power to transform us, help us live these transformed lives where we will see healings and miracles and demons will listen and things along those lines, absolutely but our character first and foremost will be transformed so that we live and act and love like Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So let me just pray a blessing on us as we close out. And be, just let you know, the ministry team will be here to pray for anyone that wants prayer and uh, after the service. Lord, I just thank you for everything. I thank you that we can rejoice. It was, it was in the fall, it was in November of 2009 that this small group of people moved into this building, Dolphin, and started what we have today. They moved from a house where they'd been meeting in two years, and you brought us into this season. So much is going to change, Lord, I know, in this next decade in this next season. But I thank you. I thank you for holding on to, the, to us for the, the transformations that you've brought in our lives, for the incredible people that you've added to this community and the plans and purposes you have for all of us. And Lord, I pray that we would all find rest for our souls in you, that we would make that decision, that we would take on your yoke that is easy. We would allow you, Jesus, to build your church. You to build your church. And Lord, that we would enjoy the pleasure that comes from relationship with you and allowing you to transform our lives. Amen? Amen. Be blessed. Have a great week.